Hello friends, it's Randy. We're back. I, uh, I, I am recording this in the living room. And, uh, there is, I hope you guys aren't hearing, hearing, uh, too much of like a background noise. Because I don't have a, a soundproof room where I do my recording. I don't have a studio yet. That is on the way, but in the living room sometimes, especially, uh, in the winter during the evening, there's sometimes like the wind, you can hear it. Uh, I will hopefully be able to fix that in the audio if you pick that up. Um, so sorry if you hear some distracting noises in the background. I, uh, I don't know really what else to, to say before we get into this. Been having an interesting last few days. I've been doing a lot of different things. I've been doing a lot of like recording random content. Um, I don't know how or when I'll release it. Just a little like small videos I've been doing on uh, Instagram and some, uh, you know, a bit, well, the first thing was I was looking up just random interesting facts and reading them and reacting to that, which people tend to enjoy. That was pretty fun. So maybe in the future, I would probably like splice those in during the podcast. And then the other thing I was doing, which was interesting, was I, uh, I ended up, I wanted to do a citizenship test. I wanted to find like the study questions that they give for people who do the citizen, the citizen test, citizenship test um, for Canada, just to see if myself as a citizen would be able to pass it or that sort of thing. But then I ended up going down this wormhole, which I, I enjoyed. It was basically, you can download the study guide, like there's this document, not like there's this document, there's this document that the government of Canada publishes that basically gives you an overview of Canada, describes it like, like, sorry, I keep on saying like, I'm trying not to say like, uh, actually not saying like is something that I've done before, especially when I was getting ready to do a lot of stand-up shows. I made sure I didn't use any filler words like um or like, and I just trained myself instead of saying like to take a pause. So I can do that again. Anyways, so the government of Canada, they publish this document, which gives you an overview of Canada, the people, a lot of information that I think even as a Canadian, like a naturalized Canadian is very interesting to know. So I downloaded the document and I've been reading through it and recording it, my reactions to it, my comments and that sort of thing. And also that could be, it could be just something that I put out on my YouTube. My, my YouTube is just my name, Randy Comey. I've been putting out a few videos there. Uh, so I think it could be something that I can use for that just content for that that'd be interesting but the one of the main things that i read that actually blew my mind was about the oath the oath that new canadians must uh swear when they become canadian citizens which is crazy to think that my parents did this I am seeing, I thought I downloaded the document. I might have just been viewing it as a PDF because I want to read to you exactly what it says. 
because it is, I think it's kind of interesting. Let's, uh, let's bring it up. I guess I didn't download it. I'm looking under my downloads. It says document. Let's go by date. I am so bad with computers. It's so embarrassing. I was born in 1991. I should be so much better. I am, uh, I am turning 29, by the way. So, big deal. It's a big deal turning 29. Everyone thinks 30 is the milestone one, but I think when you're approaching 30, you've already had a year to process and think about being 30. 29 is a little bit more scary because that means 30 is coming. It's like winter is coming. Where did it go? I swear I downloaded it. I can't. I don't even know how to use my computer. I'm trying to organize my downloads. Uh, I'm trying to organize my downloads by date. Let me just, wow, I'm sorry guys. I'll give you guys an extra few minutes this week on the podcast. By the way, thank you for downloading the podcast. I noticed a little bit more downloads than usual. So that at least to me lets me know you're enjoying it and telling your friends. So. I appreciate that. Okay, here, I found it. So I want to read to you exactly what it says. And then... Oh, I I didn't download it. I was just viewing it on the website. Wow, I am such an old man when it comes to computers. This is so embarrassing. Okay, I found the oath. This is the oath of citizenship for Canadians. It says, I swear or affirm that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of Canada, her heirs and successors, and that I will faithfully observe the laws of Canada and fulfill my duties as a Canadian citizen. That was interesting to me. And this is what it says under understanding the oath. It says, in Canada, we profess our loyalty to a person who represents all Canadians and not to a document such as a constitution, a banner such as a, a banner such as a flag, or a geopolitical entity such as a country. In our constitutional monarchy, these elements are encompassed by the sovereign, queen or king. It is remarkably simple yet powerful principle. Canada is personified by the sovereign, just as the sovereign is personified by Canada. That was, that blew my mind. That's a very, like like it says itself, it is a very simple yet powerful difference. And it'll be interesting as Canadians, if you're listening to this, to message me what you think about it. Because it's, yeah, you're swearing an oath to a person. But at the same time, that person represents a country represents its people and represents everything, you know? So they put within this concept, all of Canada is represented by a person. So that's also a responsibility for that person to be a representative of the land and its people. It, it is a weird concept, but it's interesting to know that. I, I'm, in, I'm indifferent to it in terms of what I believe 
Because when you really break it down, it is pretty silly. Like, sorry. It is, I don't say, I don't want to say nationalism is necessarily silly because it can be powerful. But to have an allegiance or a strong connection to a land, which is literally just earth, when you really break it down to have an allegiance or a strong emotion towards that or country, which is a concept. It is an abstract concept of a group of people, uh, a bunch of uh, like, so in my mind, the sovereign is just as, uh, what's the word arbitrary, a concept to, to put your, I don't want to say put your trust, but to put your allegiance to. It's all, it kind of blows up the idea of uh, what it is, what is a nation. Now it's getting too profound, but let me know what you think about it. I didn't realize that Canadian citizens swear to a person. That is wild. I guess as Americans, you guys have the Pledge of Allegiance and isn't that I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. So it's similar, except yours is not a person. Yours is a flag representing people. This one is a person representing other people. All right, let's get into the fun part <laughs> of the podcast. That was a little strange. I'm sorry for that. Uh, all right. So this week, Oh, gosh. It doesn't get any better because the first thing that I wanted to talk about, and I don't want, this is not something that I'm going to use as a bit. I don't think I have the comedic chops yet to even dive into this area or make it funny. And I'm not trying to make it, like, I'll just say it. Hitler youth haircuts and Nazi style was on point. And I'm not saying that to be contrarian. I think there's facts to back it up. The whole like Hitler youth aesthetic and Nazi style was attractive. And I think that's what made people kind of overlook some of the horrendous things that were going on. Because style-wise, even the swastika or swastika, which was originally a Jainist symbol, so like a Ori not oriental, but uh, yeah, I guess you could say by definition oriental, but it was uh, Indian or that part of the world, South Asian symbol. The way they, whoever the graphic designer was that came up with the style that they used, it was a, an attractive logo. Obviously, now when you see that logo, it represents a lot of heinous things, but just aesthetically, it was like, okay, this is this is a cool uh, looking symbol. I could see why people were attracted to it. And then the Hitler youth haircuts have come back in style. Do you know like the haircuts that a lot of, uh, I guess it's really only white people or maybe Asians, certain Asians can do the style, where it's like short on the sides and then they have like the swoop type thing. Isn't that like, uh, I thought that was like the style of like, the style of Swing Kids. Do you remember that movie with uh, Christian Bale and someone else? Let me look up who was in that movie. But it was a very, uh, at least that's the who I attribute that style to, uh, to Nazis. Even when you watch The Sound of Music, 
that kid who becomes a Nazi has that type of haircut, swing kids. Now it's actually, I looked up swing kids and it showed me images of kids on a swing. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the movie. Do you guys remember the movie Swing Kids? Are you guys from, I swear it has Christian Bale. Uh, here we go. Swing Kids, 1993 film. Yeah, Christian Bale. I don't know who the other actors are. In pre-World War II Germany, two high school students attempt to be swing kids. Um, and he, oh, that's actually it. I have to rewatch that movie. That sounds like an interesting concept. So they're swing kids by night and Hitler youth by day. But the point I'm getting to is so you have the, you have even the, the symbol, the main symbol of the swastika and how that appeared. And then you also have the style, I guess, the aesthetic that was probably popular in Germany and Europe at the time in terms of the style of these Hitler youth. But then you also have Hugo Boss. Let's not forget, Hugo Boss designed Nazi uniforms. And if you look at all the uniforms of terrible dictators or terrible movements, I don't think there's many that compare in terms of iconic as, as when you can see it, you recognize, oh, that's a particular, um, <laughs> uh, malicious group or, or whatever. You know what I mean? So there's that. And also they made it look good in brown because it's brown. Isn't the Hitler, aren't the Nazi, oh God, my, now my, whew, my search history is going to be wild. Nazi uniform. What does it look like? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's fair. Oh, they're not brown. Oh, there's some of them that are brown. And also, I'm not trying to offend or be downplay Nazis. I'm just talking about the styles. Like everyone, you can, when I say Nazi uniform, you have it in your mind already. It might be because in, we've seen so many movies that we can already like picture it. But they, they had that. And then they also had the Volkswagen, the people's wagon. Isn't that Nazi? Isn't that like a, not, a Nazi uh, commission thing? Volkswagen, which is, again, another iconic, especially the bug, the Volkswagen bug. You look at it and it's just pleasing to the eye and it's, it's, it's well done. So I think that's part of what made them unfortunately be able to be so popular was they they learned whoever their designer their graphic designers were their engineers they made a lot of like attractive stuff let's see what it says about volkswagen and its connection with uh the nazi party people's car project mm. sorry i'm just reading this so I guess Hitler became involved with with them in 1934, but I for some reason I thought I thought okay my understanding was that Porsche was the the company that was making vehicles and then they were commissioned to make the Volkswagen like the People's Wagon or whatever by the Nazi Party. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm I am. 
mistaken in that. And if I am, I apologize. I will look into it. But my point with that first thing was just that whether we want to admit it or not, I think stylistically, the thing that also made like the Nazi party's rhetoric was just as dangerous as their style. Both things were just as pervasive in society. Is pervasive the word? Influential in society. And have and unfortunately both of them seem to have a lasting impact because both the style, Hugo Boss is still around, Volkswagen's still around, all these other things are still around. Alright. That might be cut it that might be cut out. <laughs> I might need to snip that portion. And then the other thing uh, was underwear. So we t- <laughs> this podcast goes everywhere. We, t- we go from Nazis to underwear. Yeah, so men will hold on to a pair of underwear forever. I was just going through laundry, and some of the underwear that I have, uh, it's like I've had it for, I don't know, okay, I'm not going to expose myself, but like, when when is it when do you need to get new underwear <laughs> is that a dumb question because it, it is i think it's i think it's still fine <laughs> the reason it, it caught my attention was before once with co-workers um who are married uh to to men i was talking we we're just having a conversation and i remember it came up of like how guys will hold on to a pair of underwear for like forever and might even like start to have holes in it and it's just like barely holding stuff up but we're, we're just like it's still doing its job like my underwear is not that ratchet you know my underwear is still in one piece it's not like gross or anything but uh so so when is i'm just confused because then they're uh, discussion about it they're just like oh you need to get a new pair but as long as I can still wear it and as long as it's like not dirty I you can always just keep on cleaning it like my, my question is when do you need to change it I think holes in it is the yeah holes in it is like the big thing for me you know after once you start get get holes in them then you throw them away. But if they don't have holes in them and they're just like, I've had um, this pair for a while, maybe a year, maybe, and I'm just keep washing it. Is that is that a problem? How how often do women change their uh, buying new underwear? I'm just like, I'm actually confused about this. So someone give me some input on that. And, and you find that to be true, that men just hold on to their underwear if you have a spouse or something, give me your feedback on that. Cause I'm even, I, I'm deciding that I'm going to buy new underwear just because it's been, I want to say it's been at least a year. Yeah. And it's just like, I have enough and I think the underwear I have is fine, but it just, I don't know why. I'm just like, maybe I need new. I don't know. Um, so I got that. I've been drinking coffee again, and uh, it's been going all right. I think I am, what's the word? I I think drinking coffee, what's the word? Yeah, it just gives me another level. It helps me when I'm 
I'm tired in the morning. So I don't want to be dependent on it, so I don't drink it every day, but I drink it from time to time. And I think there needs to be a new flavor of coffee made that does not make your breath stink. Because there's coffee breath, because coffee has its, you know, its flavor. But I, I don't understand why you can't have even that same flavor, per se, and not that weird, disgusting breath. I don't understand why you can't have your cake and eat it too. There must be a way for you to have that same coffee, because there's so many different strands, so many different scents of coffee, and there needs to be a way where there's a flavor of coffee. I don't, I'm not even trying to say that makes your breath smell nice, but not coffee breath. Are you guys with me? When I drink uh, coffee, especially since I'm at home, I have the coffee in the morning and then my breath starts to like smell. It starts to, I have that like, that coffee breath. And then I go brush my teeth, which is still kind of weird. You got coffee mixed with toothpaste, but whatever. Um, but yeah, then I brush my teeth and then I'm good. And it made me think, Obviously, you can, what I do when I'm at work or in public, I have a coffee and then I also have water and gum. So I drink my coffee and then I also, I finish with like a cup of water and then I have chewing gum throughout the day so I don't have coffee breath. But there needs to be a way, there needs to be a way for the, like what would you do to make it, it might be also because I drink my coffee black. Do you get worse coffee breath if you drink your coffee black? But I think there needs to be a way to have a flavor of coffee that does not make your breath stink. And if anything with this corona vaccine happening, it's, it's taught me that you can do a lot. Like, you, excuse me, you can do a lot if you put your mind to it. And no one yet has been putting their mind to making a flavor of coffee that doesn't make your breath stink. Once someone does that, we're set. It took them, well, the, the pandemic officially became a pandemic in March, right? It was officially a pandemic in March, and they're unrolling a vaccine in December, January-ish. So about nine months, a gestation period of a human baby is how long it took, they believe, to get a viable vaccine for a coronavirus, which I, they've never had a vaccine for a coronavirus before, and a particular new strain of it, and they only took them nine months. They, they think, no, I'm not going to get into the politics of it. But if they can do that in nine months, if they really set their mind to it, they can come up with a flavor of coffee that doesn't make your breath stink. What else we got here? Uh, I've been thinking, and I've been saying this a lot about whether or not I should get a dog. I want a dog, but I also want, I want to, I can't decide if I should get a dog or should, or if I should get a cat. And I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I like dogs a lot. Here's the thing. I like dogs a lot. I like how, I like the dogs also like you. That's a good thing. Your dog also enjoys you for the most part, from what I've seen. Your dog likes you. Your cat puts up with you, from what I've seen. 
dogs I like that they go use the toilet they go they go poop outside you know they poop and pee outside so I don't have to have that in my house I have a small apartment if I have a cat then I need to find a place in this small apartment to have a, a litter box you know so that is kind of a little bit off-putting for me the thing I do like about a cat though it does seem like cats are also a lot low a lot more low maintenance than uh, than a dog would be dogs seem like the they are uh, a lot of work dogs seem like they're a lot of work so I don't know uh, and then also to a dog you really need to train them not so much with a cat. It's not like you're going to teach your cat a bunch of tricks or anything. Your cat just needs to be a good temperament, temperament, well behaved. You don't. Do you really train a cat in certain in in certain ways? You train a cat. And if I had a cat, by the way, I would. It would definitely be an indoor cat. The amount of bravery people have with um with respect to letting their cats go outside oh my gosh the other day i almost saw a cat get run over and it just broke my heart fortunately the the driver saw the cat in time but i was just like ah oh, that was it was rough to to even see so if i had a cat it'd be an indoor cat i don't know but in all honesty i prefer dogs but i think at this stage in my life my lifestyle is more conducive to having a cat. The, the main obstacle I would need to get over is figuring out a good place for the litter box that's not gonna stink and it'll, it'll be good, you know? That's the main thing. I think I'm leaning towards getting a cat. And then later in my life, when my situation changes, I'll, I'll get my first dog. It's just a little strange. Can you guys hear the wind? Yeah, you guys can hear that wind, eh? Uh, I need to find a better place to to do the podcast in the future. Anyways, and then the other thing about uh, having a dog is basically through uh, TikTok and some of these other apps, I've started to realize that similar to how people, everyone has their opinion on how you should raise your kids, it seems like everyone has an opinion on, on how you should train your dog. And people get like really aggressive about it. Like people get really aggressive about it. You see on on these message boards, on TikTok, on social media, if someone posts just a fun video with them and their dog, you, there's a gazillion comments of like, I can't believe you let your dog do that. I can't believe that's how you treat your dog. That's what all the comment sections becomes about. And I don't think... I just think that's odd. I guess I definitely understand with animals. No, I understand with humans. People can have a different, different schools of thought in terms of their own belief system, their society, their etiquette, and their past experience on how they're going to to raise their kids. And I think that's that should be personal with dogs i'm not sure i don't know i i've never had a dog before if i if i have a dog though i would want especially because i tend to want uh, a larger dog 
I would definitely look into how to train it to get it to be uh, disciplined and to be able to obey commands because with an animal like that, it can harm people, it could hurt people. And then you also, for the sake of the animal, you don't want it to just be scared and then bite someone. And then all of a sudden now this dog has to lose its life as well. So I would take great care in terms of how I would train the dog. But it's just weird to me that there's different schools of thoughts on how that would be done. Isn't, aren't, I guess maybe because there's different types of dogs and they might be, they might have to be dealt with differently. I really don't know. I've never had a dog, but these are the things I think about. All right. The last thing before I make my, I'm having a late supper. The last thing before I have uh, supper, do I usually call it supper or do I usually call it dinner? Is I've uh, gotten sucked into some YouTube Twitch drama. Not me personally, but I've been watching some content creators a little bit more. And the one that, that was interesting to me was I listened to this this show, I call it a show, it's a very interesting show called The Kickoff. And on this show called The Kickoff, it used to be on YouTube. And this show, The Kickoff, would be once a week, Saturday or Sunday, one of the more high-profile games of Premier League soccer. What would happen is simultaneous to the show, to the, to the, to the soccer match, the football match, they would have these people who just have banter, they just talk. It's not commentary. It's just, it's kind of like four people who are talking about the game and talking about soccer along with what, while they watch the game. So if, for myself, someone who's living at home, it's kind of nice to turn that on or to watch that on my phone or something else while I have the game on the screen to just have the comments of what, not a commentator, so it's not like a play-by-play, but just a, a person like myself watching the soccer match. So that's why I used to watch and it used to be on YouTube. Okay. You're with me, but now they got an exclusive deal to be exclusive on Twitch and I love soccer so much and I really appreciate this show. So what I did was, okay, you guys moved over to Twitch. I'll support you guys. I will go over and download Twitch and uh, listen to the kickoff on Twitch while I watch the match on my TV. And when they did this transition, one thing that happened is one of the four main guys who's on the show, because they usually what they have is like they have a panel of three or four regulars. And then depending on who's playing each week, they have a guest on who represents one of the teams that's in that match. But they have three or four regulars that almost every week are on. One of those guys didn't go over with them to Twitch. They, they must have gotten some money to go over to Twitch to make it exclusive. This guy didn't go over with them and is doing his own thing. And now in the comment sections on the Twitch, everyone's like, what happened to Hugh? Why isn't he on the show? And it's like become this whole drama of like, oh, uh, Hugh's better. Let me go watch his channel, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, wow, this is what it's like. Like 
I don't know what happened behind the scenes. There's like one video that was released. It was because the people on the panel, they haven't addressed it, which I don't think they should. They don't need to particularly. It's uh, something must have happened behind closed doors when they're negotiating the Twitch deal. And this guy decided to not come along with them. But I'm just really interested in like how that was blown into like this whole drama where people are like commenting and people are like angry and all this sort of thing. But essentially from my understanding it's just that this particular person, maybe the money wasn't enough that they were offering with the Twitch and he decided to do his own thing. But he's basically focusing on doing his own channel with like a similar, um, with a similar uh, vibe, you know? And that's fair. Go do your own thing, build your own platform. I'm happy for him. But it was just interesting that that becomes like a drama point, you know? And it's in, and I find that happens a lot when you're doing any type of transition. Even Joe Rogan, he goes into spot to do things exclusively for Spotify. All his fans are like, oh my God, he sold out. The show is not the same now that it's on Spotify. Even when he changed his studio, oh my God, the studio changed. I hate this studio. It's so interesting how people uh, react to change. And because of that, trust me, guys, I will never change. And on that note, enjoy the rest of your week.